Well, good morning, everyone. How are you? You're looking good? Oh, thank you. I set myself up for that. Surely someone's got to say. New shirt, Christmas shirt. I'm an after all. Okay, I'm going to dive in uh, this morning. Final part 10. We made it into double figures in this series entitled Clothed with Power. Uh, last week, we looked at the three power gifts uh, as per the list in 1 Corinthians 12. And we zoomed in particularly on the area of healing. And we started with, with the statement, we'd all love to see more. Good, not just me and Simon. We'd love to see more people healed. We'd love to see more people drawn to Jesus by, by the manifest power of God. And we'd love to see fewer apparent victories for the enemy. I'm sure that's not just me. Now, the message last week was, was that though there are things that we do not know and we do not understand about healing, the good news is there is a great deal that we do. And last week, I listed 13 strong building blocks. And they, they give us plenty to stand on, plenty to get behind. They give us lots of, of powerful weapons to, to build up our armory. And they give us considerable weight of evidence to inspire us to keep on praying for the sick. And I finished last week by saying that our task, really, in the light of that list of 13 different factors, our task is to create an environment filled with those various factors and therefore to cultivate an atmosphere right for the power of God. Now, there is both biblical precedent and, frankly, our own our own experience of healing ministry over the years show us that there are places, there are times, there are situations when God seems to heal in greater measure. These are things that we've learned by observation from those people who have excelled in the gift of healing. But what can we do to, to catalyze healing and to remove hindrances. So the premise is there are certain factors that seem to facilitate people getting healed. Certain conditions, if you like, certain ingredients, certain times and places and situations. And here's my list. It's a holy list. It has seven points in it. It's not a Baptist list that only has three. And here we go, number one, where the word of healing is preached. Number two, it might be letter B. Number two is where faith is bold. Number three is where kingdom authority is exercised. Number four is where the presence of God is tangible. Number five, where the anointing is strong. Number six, where the gifts of the Holy Spirit are encouraged. And number seven is where certain mantles are being worn. And all of, uh, all of these are, are factors that, 
that our kingdom culture uh, is designed to, to encourage and to cultivate. There's a slide over there, slide, poster, banner, display thingy, uh, which explains our kingdom culture, which says we are always full of grace. I can't see it. We are positively positive. My eyesight. We are naturally supernatural. We are radically responsive. We have the spirit of faith and the fear of the Lord. All of those things are designed to encourage and to cultivate that list of seven factors. Plan this morning is to go through that list. And then moving forward, let's do whatever we can do to cultivate those conditions, those seven conditions around here. And then at the end of the service, we will pray for anyone and everyone for all sorts of things, but particularly for healing. So, seven things to get through, which means I'm going to need to go really fast. So you're going to need to buckle up, and we'll dive in with letter A, which is where the word of healing is preached. Mark 16, 20, Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word with the signs that accompanied it. Hebrews 2 verse 4, and God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. And here is that message. Here is that word of healing. Malachi 4 verse 2, but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. I love that. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his stripes, you have been healed. You know, the word, we say this often, the word is like seed sown. We sow it and God grows it. We Speak it, and he confirms it. Jeremiah 1 verse 12, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen wealth. I am watching over my word to perform it. When you release the healing promises over someone, Jeremiah 1 12 tells us that God himself is personally invested in watching over that word to perform it. The King James talks about hastening my word to perform it. Another well-known verse, often quoted around here, Isaiah 55, 10, 11, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Here we go. So, the Lord said, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So if we want to reap a harvest of healing, we need to sow the seed of his promises. So number one, where the word of healing is preached. Number two, where faith is bold. The various New Testament healing stories show us that, that faith is without doubt a significant 
piece of the puzzle, if you like. How many times did Jesus say something like this? Your faith has made you whole. For me, I learned from Steve Ryder, who was very skillful as he preached at feeding and teaching and galvanizing faith to receive healing. He was very good at laying those foundations and raising expectation. Mark 16, 17, 18 again. These miraculous signs would accompany those who believe. And then it lists a little selection of miraculous signs and it concludes with the last one. They will be able to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. For me, you can take that two ways. First of all is if we want to see miraculous signs, first, we have to believe. And, and secondly, if we do believe, then we should expect these miraculous signs to accompany us. The Greek word, I looked it up, the Greek word translated accompany here means, means to follow close. It means to be at your side. And of course, the Greek word for believe is the word, for, for the word pistis means firmly persuaded. I don't want none of this really, this faith thing, should be a surprise to us. You see, faith is God's way. Faith is the, the modus operandi of his kingdom. It, it's a faith kingdom. So we shouldn't be surprised that God is looking for faith. God responds to faith. Hebrews 11:6 6 says God is pleased with our faith. We rightly focus on a grace that gives. Do not neglect the fact that it takes faith to receive. We have to take what God has, has freely and liberally promised. and We have to claim it by faith. Now, if we want to see an increase in healing miracles, if we want to become, as it says in my kingdom culture thing over there that I can't think of a name for, if we want to become a supernaturally natural or naturally supernatural people, we are going to need bold faith. We're going to need to be bold to stand on his promises. We're going to be bold to, to offer prayer in unlikely places. And we need to be bold to obey Holy Spirit promptings. Here's a prayer that Peter and John prayed in Acts chapter 4. Verse 29, now, Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. I'm praying this over you right now. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Number three, letter C is where kingdom authority is delegated. Luke 9, verse 1. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. 
do we realise what we carry? Do we realise whom we carry? Do we understand who we now are in Christ? Do we appreciate that we stand in his place, that we speak in his name, that we carry delegated authority? Again, Mark 16, 18, in my name, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. You know, part of, part of our learning, part of our training as disciples, part of the journey that Jesus' 12 disciples had to go through was learning the authority that we have been delegated and learning how to use it, and when to use it, and where to use it. Okay, I told you we were gonna rattle through these. The fourth one is where the presence of God is tangible. Luke 5, verse 17. One day as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. There was something in the atmosphere that day as I understand, that's probably the only time that actual line appears in Scripture. The power of the Lord was present right there, right then, in that moment, for Jesus to heal the sick. It's a quote from um, a, a guy that I like called Michael Brown. And he, I read recently, he said, when God's presence comes, he does not leave his power behind. Think about that for a second. When God's presence comes, he doesn't leave his power behind. We don't, we don't meet with some um, powerless, weak, feeble, disempowered God. When the presence of God is in the room, the power of God is in the room. In the presence of the king, the power of the king is available to be released. When the Holy Spirit is in the room, he will do, he will inevitably do what he is there to do. Don't underestimate the power of God's invited, manifest, tangible presence. And I, for one, am convinced that there is so much more to come. There are many miracles waiting in the treasure trove called worship. Of course, worship is our invitation. Worship is where we cry out to him. So we open the door to him, where we submit ourselves to him. It's where we create an atmosphere laden with faith and with expectation and with power. And when we, in our worship, start to touch heaven, heaven will start to change earth. Michael W. Smith's song called Heaven Spill Over. I am convinced that there are as yet untapped depths and riches in his presence where his power becomes irresistible. And all that is a kind of nice link into refreshing tonight, that the heart behind refreshing is exactly that, that there is a treasure chest in his 
presence ready for us to discover and to mine and to dive and delve into. And through refreshing this year, I'm going on a, on a 10, I think it's 10, 9, 10 session journey into that treasure. So I'd encourage you to come tonight to that. Okay, we're doing well. Number five is where the anointing is strong. Acts 10, 38, some of these verses appear every week. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. If you can remember all that way back, the first couple of messages in this series, we talked about how Jesus operated as one anointed, and we need to as well. And here's why. A little gem of a verse tucked away in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 10, 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from thy shoulders, King James, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing is bondage-breaking, bondage-destroying dunamis power. The anointing was why Jesus was able, as Acts 10.38 says, to heal all who are oppressed of the devil. Remember Luke 4.18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. In, in essence, making a long story short, people in the Bible are anointed for two main reasons. And those reasons are empowerment and separation. Do you know what? Those two go hand in hand, which means part of this will be our commitment to consecration. This is where we're headed a little bit tonight, I think. Joshua 3, verse 5, just before that whole Jericho thing, God said, sanctify yourselves. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. There's an order there. Sanctified today. Wonders tomorrow. Hebrews 12, verse 14 says, Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Matthew 5, verse 8, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And so just as, as King David was, was so careful not to risk anything for that anointing that, that Samuel, the prophet, had poured over his head, if you remember that, just as Samson blew that Nazarite vow by having his hair cut and losing that, that, that anointed power. So, so we need to jealously guard and cultivate and steward the anointing that we have been given. We do that by walking as closely as we possibly can with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who is the spirit of holiness and who is also the spirit of power. Okay, two to go. A letter F, where the gifts of the spirit are encouraged. Zechariah 4, verse 6. Not by might, not by power, not by Jamie's enthusiasm, not by your enormous smiles and encouragement while I preach, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Obviously, this is where we've been at camp for the last few weeks. 
Here's a line, it's a bit corny, but I liked it. If we want to see more, first we have to open wide the door. That was, that was poetic. You didn't even get it, did you? If we want to see more, first we have to open wide the door. If we want to be naturally supernatural, first we have to be radically responsive. Talked about this. If, if we want to shift the dial, being, being less of us and more of him, if we want to shift that dial, we need to become skillful in operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And by that I mean both the gifts that we possess by calling and those we are given as he purposes. We've covered over the last few weeks this statement, when God calls it, he heals it. If God sparks or speaks or stir, we jump. Remember, God loves to confirm the word. He loves to demonstrate his power. And it takes a Holy Spirit seed to unlock a Holy Spirit harvest. I'd say this, we may not know it all. We may not be perfect, I speak for myself. But we can open the door. And we can cultivate an environment where the gifts of the Holy Spirit are encouraged. And lastly, liturgy, where certain mantles are being worn. Person I discipled under Steve Riley carried an amazing healing anointing as an evangelist. It was as though he wore a cloak, a mantle of healing power. And you know, healing miracles characterize the offices of evangelist and apostle. Remember um, Ephesians 4, verse 11, when it talks about the fivefold ministry. Apostle, evangelist, prophet, pastor, and teacher. And it just seems that, that the, 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 those two offices, that the offices of evangelist and the office of apostle, those offices, if you like, those that are sent out, they seem to come with a healing mantle. Sadly, less so the pastor or the teacher. And we believe, you know, that there, are he there is healing available to all, but there's an unusually strong gift on people standing in those offices. Remember in Acts 5, verse 15, the people, it says the people who walked under Peter's shadow were healed. Acts 19, 11 says, God gave Paul the apostle the power to perform unusual miracles. One version says extraordinary miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. My brother John often talks about, and he, he travels quite, quite a bit in ministry, often talks about how there seems to be an increase in anointing. There seems to be an increase in healing power when he's ministering away from home rather than when he's ministering at home in his own church. That's a few years back, but I, I remember, certainly remember that when I went to Hyderabad in India about 10 years ago, and it's probably because in that situation, as I'm ministering out there, I'm actually wearing a different mantle. 
I'm standing, if you like, in a different office. I'm acting as an evangelist rather than just as a pastor. That comes with different gifts. You may well have been in churches where, where they bought in ministers who seem to wear a different mantle or, or have a particular healing anointing. Okay, we're doing well. Let's review. There are several factors that contribute to the release or the increase of God's healing power. In which case, let's do what we can to create those conditions and to cultivate that environment. Let's keep worshipping because we need the tangible presence of God. Let's keep preaching because we need the word of healing. Let's keep feeding faith because we need boldness. Let's keep praying and listening and responding because we need the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? We have a church that definitely needs more. And we have a world out there that desperately needs more. Wrap this up by, by asking, asking this question, what can we do? In response to all of this, what, what can I do? What, what can you do in pursuit of more of this? If we want to be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if we want to be used in the gifts in church, we want to be used in the gifts in our connect group. If we want to be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit out there in the world, what can we do? Lots I can say, just really quickly, three points. Number one, be prayerfully available. Be willing. Be listening. Be prayerful. It's part of our response today. Why not pray and I'm available, Lord, prayer. Always a little bit dangerous, I know, but a great prayer to pray. Do you know what? God is looking for willing vessels who will listen when he calls and will respond when he does. So number one, be prayerfully available. Number two, be boldly obedient. Make a decision that if he speaks, that you will obey quickly and willingly, and accurately, and precisely. You know, if you ask too many questions, if you're like me, you may well reason yourself out of it. You know, our job is simply to obey, and the rest of it is up to him. I remember about probably nearly 15, 20 years ago, back at Christian Victory Church in Peterborough, we were on a Sunday night, I think it was a bit of a swinging night, and the Holy Spirit was at work. And I made a very, I had this very strange impression that as a church, we needed to, it's a bit corny, a bit Old Testament, we needed to march around the church seven times, praying that the walls didn't fall down. You know, and I remember at the time, you know, kind of, we all felt very, certainly I felt very self-conscious about this. What if, what if, what if I've just made this up? What if I've missed this? What if, what if I had too much cheese pizza for supper? But you know what? The conclusion I've come to is I would rather obey than be wrong. I don't mind being wrong. I'm wrong all the time. 
But you know what? And it may well be that when I get to heaven one day, Jesus will pull me aside. Remember that silly time when you marched seven times around the church? Let me tell you what that sparked. Let me tell you what that catalyzed that day in the spirit. I said, my job is not to understand all of that. My job is to be boldly obedient. When I hear the voice of God, my job is to step out and do what he says. I'm going to counter that a little bit with number three. Number three is be humbly generous. We've talked a little bit about the humility aspect to this too. Remember that the whole of Paul's teaching in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14 is hinged on love. Love is right at the core and the heart of all of this. His gifts are designed to point people to Jesus. So what do we do? We love them and we serve them and we build them up as 1 Corinthians 14 teaches us. But we do it all from a submitted and a humble heart. And if you do, know, if you do that, who knows what the Lord might be able to do in and through you. Okay, I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. I'm going to set up a response time now. Um, three parts to it, really. We're at the end of the series, and we're also zooming in on healing. So that will explain why the response is as it is. Number one, we will pray we, meaning the wonderful prayer ministry team, will pray today for anybody and everybody for anything, but especially those needing healing today. Now let's put the word into action. Let's exercise our faith. We've invited the power of God into this. Let's pray. So the first thing we can do is we're going to pray for anyone today who needs healing. The second thing is, as I said, as we finish this series, I'd encourage everyone who'd like to be used in the gifts. I'd, I'd like to encourage you to do business with God today. Maybe, maybe today is the day to pray that. Rather dangerous, I'm available, Lord, prayer. If that's you, we, what we do is prayer ministry tends to be over that side. If you want to do business with God, you're welcome to come to the front over this side, get on your knees, it's a great place to be as we'll talk about tonight, and just pray some bold prayers. And just say, God, I want more, I'm hungry for more, I need more, I need, to, you know, you've given me these gifts, you've given me all you've given me, I want to use it for your glory, let's go. So you can pray that prayer today. And the third thing I'll say is uh, that if you feel you have a prophetic word or if you feel you have a word of knowledge, said word of knowledge and healing do tend to go together. If God calls it, then he heals it. If you feel that you do have one of those, go and see Simon who's hosting this morning and uh, he will talk to you about that. Is that okay? Let's stand. I'm going to pray very quickly. Um, and then I think we're going to sing. So very simply, Lord, thank you for your gifts. I thank you for all you are. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your power. And Lord, as your people today, we want to declare we want more. We want more of you. We want more of who you are. 
and we want more of who of what you have. So Holy Spirit, we open up the floor for the next 10 minutes or so. We say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come and do what only you can do? In Jesus' name.